Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Over here today, we're going to be talking about a little bit something interesting. It's called How Through Beauty Comes Chaos. And today we have Megan Martinez on the line with us. She's a retired makeup Hi. artist who went out there and decided to create her own beauty line. So um, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself, Megan? Hi, I'm, um, let's see. I started really young when I was about 15 or 14 when I started doing makeup. So I was really, um, I was a young makeup artist that turned into a, it just so happened that I turned into a celebrity makeup artist. (laughs) And um, I don't know, it just, it kind of just happened. (laughs) It's not really something I absolutely, like that I'm absolutely passionate about, but it was, um, I had a hard upbringing. So it kind of just led to, you know, um, pretty much I was like homeless and I had to find a means of work and that was just something I was good at at the time and it turned into that so I'm very blessed though with that like well was very blessed with that career um and then I turned that like you said you know into a beauty line um and it's kind of I kind of started small I didn't think it was really going to take off and and it did (laughs) unexpectedly but um now we're you know we're here and we're doing really well um pretty successful for especially for being like a, a handcrafted brand um, a very small brand, and yeah, um, now all these stories are like curious and stuff. It's really cool, but um, that's kind of in a nutshell. <laughs> a that's kind of awesome. Me. Like, um, what kind of situation caused you to end up like um, homeless? Um, let's see. Well, if if it's okay to to kind of like you know, um, I was brought up in a really awful, um, had a really awful upbringing. And it was of a very abusive. Um, it had to do with a lot of also sexual abuse growing up. Um, and my home, I we just grew up really poor. It was just a really all-around bad situation. So eventually, it was just I kind of started fighting back in the situation, and that led to me getting um, kicked out, which led to me being homeless. But I was really young, so it was really hard, really, really hard. In fact, because when you're you know under eighteen, nobody wants to give you like an apartment or even a cell phone, like, you can't really do anything yeah. for yourself, so it was really, I struggled a ton, but um, it, it kind of, it, you know, it made me, like, who I am today, and that's something I'm grateful for, for sure, but, yeah. So you were kind of in an environment where people kind of wanted you to be silenced, but you wanted to stand up for yourself and fight back, and Definitely. because you fought yep. back, you ended up becoming homeless, but at the same time, not having to encounter that. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, because, I mean... In that type of environment, you kind of have no choice but to fight back sometimes. But makeup yeah. pretty much saved my life because it's it was my support system. So, like, if someone's out there and they're under the age of 18 and they're having difficulty getting a cell phone or place, like, how do you kind of figure it all out? Man, I had to get, like, two or three jobs. That was, in the very beginning, that was, like, the only thing I could really think of as far as, like, a solution. Um, and... I, I had a car, um, I guess because I felt like I grew up so fast, I was already, like, really mature, you know, by the time I was kicked out, so 
I was already like saving and, and I already had um, been working for a car. And so that pretty much whenever, you know, I was homeless, that pretty much saved me from being actually like, I mean, I slept in my car and I was homeless, but you know, at least I had a car. Um, I pretty yeah. much the best thing that I could recommend is, is saving, having a lot of jobs, you know, trying to, you know, I guess stay where, you know, you keep your eyes forward and you just stay focused. Um, that's pretty much what I did. And I did that by having three jobs. <laughs> you don't really have a lot of time to think with three jobs. So it, it was that. And then just, you know, trying to be like saving your money and just, you know, being smart, not like I had to sacrifice, obviously like my teen years, there was no mm-hmm. social life, nothing like that. So, but that helped, you know, in the long run, because eventually like when the time came and I was 18, I immediately like got an apartment and then, you know, immediately got my own phone and like, my own like light and everything. And it was really, really cool. It was kind of, it was really expensive, but um, especially because I was so young and had no credit, but yeah, I, I would say yeah. definitely like the financial part of it was, it was definitely saving a lot and working a lot. That helped a ton. What kind of jobs did you have? Well, let's see. I was, I was trying to, in the very beginning, I was just kind of getting odd jobs. Like, cause I live in Corpus Christi. So, we have um, Waterburger. I'm pretty sure. Well, you probably heard of it, right? It's like a In and Out, but it's like Waterburger. <laughs> it's a our, our burger thing here in Texas. Um, I worked there. I worked. I, I pretty much worked my way up to counters, which is like makeup counters, mm-hmm. and that I kind of figured would be better for me since I, you know, was already practicing makeup. So it went yep. from like odd jobs to to that type of like different counter jobs, but multiple usually at once. And then I had my, you know, like I was doing makeup on the side. Nice. <clears throat> so yeah. a lot of people don't have that creative component that goes, hey, let me do makeup on the side as well. Do you think you were thinking about that because um, you were just trying to make some extra income? Was it because you were really good at it? Were you yeah, passionate this, about it? Or? It, it was definitely, um, well, it definitely did the extra income. That was the number one reason why I did it. Um, absolutely the number one reason. Um, and at the, I would say in the very beginning, I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed it because I was um, a natural-born artist. Like, I paint, I draw. Like, I like to do anything, you know, as far as, like, art goes. Like, I, I love it. So, um, growing up, that's, that was kind of, like, my outlet emotionally. So, I was really good, I think, at color and blending and, like, the basics of what you need to, like, be a, a good makeup artist, more or less. So, um, it just morphed into that. It was just, like, a natural thing that happened. <clears throat> um, and I was really good at it. Um, and it kind of just, that's what led to paid jobs and those paid jobs are what, you know, it helped me pay my rent and like get through, pretty much survive through life to get awesome. here. But yeah. And then um, what, what ended up, how did the celebrities end up finding you? Is it because some people were talking about you or you made friends with them or uh-huh. how did that kind of like transpire? Uh, man, that's, that's a, that's a great question. Um, when I first started, I was already starting to get, like, some really cool jobs. I don't know if it's because the city that I grew up in, where I'm still in, Corpus, um, they didn't really, like, when I was doing makeup, that people didn't even know that you could do freelance makeup without a cosmetology license. So it was, like, a big, like, people would get mad at me all the time thinking that I had to have a license. And in our state, we don't have to do that. In other states, you do, but in our state, you don't. Um, so there wasn't really, like, anybody to compete with. There wasn't... So I pretty much, I would say I got lucky because I was probably the only one available with like a social media. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and like really pushing that whole like entrepreneur and like freelancer thing. I was probably like the only one trying to like do that here because I don't think anyone else really realized that they could do that. So I didn't really have a whole lot of like competition. Um, that made it easy to get really cool jobs. But I, when I started getting really, really big jobs, honestly, I started asking myself the same question because I wasn't sure how I was getting them. And I didn't ask because, well, you know, when, when you do big jobs like that, you try not to, I don't know, you, I almost feel like you scare them away if you're like fangirling or if you start to ask them a bunch of questions. Or, <laughs> I don't know. I was a little scared to like push them away. So I didn't really ask, you know, how did you find me or like did someone tell you about me or I just assumed that maybe it was just because I had a social media and no one else really did. I mean, I was mm-hmm. like, I guess it's because, you know, computers came out when I was growing up kind of like at the same time I was growing up like at my like, 13, 14 or maybe younger. And, um, well, they were before that, but you know I, mean? I just mean like, um, like how MySpace came about and it, that's around that time that I started utilizing, um, you know, this stuff, you know, these little, I felt like MySpace was especially awesome because, you know, it was like the first time I was like, Oh, you don't have to pay for an ad and you don't have to pay for this or that. It's free. Like you can, so I really, like, I really, 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 really worked the whole, like me having a MySpace and a portfolio and. And I networked the heck out of myself. So I think that also contributed to those types of jobs. But yeah. I don't know. I really wish I knew because I, <laughs> I mean, I really, people have asked me that question and I'm not really sure. Yeah, no worries. It's usually a combination of things like um, doing a good work, getting referrals, social media. Yeah. It seems like this huge mix of things where people just all combine together and just refer you to bigger and bigger things. It's kind of cool. But no yeah. one has an exact formula on exactly how it works. So then after right. that, you decided that you wanted to get into making um, beauty products. What's the name of your line? My, my line is Chaos Makeup. And then um, um, can you tell me a little bit about, like, the process and, like, how you got into that and um, how that's kind of doing right now? Sure. Mm-hmm. So I would say in my early 20s, um, I was already a full-blown celebrity makeup artist. Um, I have, like, back issues. I have scoliosis, upper-lower scoliosis. Mm-hmm. I have osteoporosis. I have um, – and I think these are all – a lot of these are contributed from my upbringing, some of them. Um I have RA and I have fibromyalgia. And so in my early 20s, I started getting a lot of pain um, from those things. I started getting, you know, severely affected by it. And standing bent over was not, it started becoming like really excruciating painful. So I pretty much with that and then it, that's not the full reason why I started doing chaos makeup, but that was definitely one of the bigger reasons why I wanted to do something other than makeup, like doing makeup mm-hmm. itself. So I wanted to kind of like, not necessarily change careers, but morph it into something maybe that I wouldn't be like on my feet as much. So um, I did, that was, you know, it's one reason. And the other being that like I do rescues and I'm like, I'm really into like, how do I say it? Like I, I love, my passion, I would say, is being like humanitarian, being like an activist. I aspire to be, I want to go back to do like, I want to go back to school so bad <laughs> to do science just in general because it's like my favorite subject. Um, there's so many different things that I felt that I would not probably be able to achieve without being financially really well off where I could, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like not work basically, but something be financially behind me like the whole time. So um, besides like my rescues and then wanting to go back to school and then on top of that, my body kind of just like going to shit 
no offense, but I mean, I don't, am I actually, I'm sorry. I don't know if I can cuss on here, but sorry. But, um, yeah. So I started chaos makeup. Um, and it was kind of supposed to be just, uh, like a workshop thing, but it turned into like a full blown brand, (laughs) but it wasn't even, it, it was not intended to be a full blown brand. So it was just something that you were doing on the side. You were going to make it for like a few people, sell a few things here and there. Then all of a sudden, like people, yeah, exactly. Want this, want this, mm-hmm. want this. They're like, what do I yeah. do? I got to ramp up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that and I, I really do. Like, I really want to. I want to have like a shelter one day. Like, there's so many things I want to do. So that I just knew, like, oh, okay, well, you're going to need like infinite money. So I was just like, okay, well, let's think. Like, you got to make a business. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do that. Like. Doing makeup wasn't going to, it probably wasn't going to cut it as far as like achieving those types of dreams. So this is all together. I was like, okay, well, this seems like more realistic. Well, as someone who has like a background or has like interest in science and is doing a lot of animal Mm -hmm. rescues, like your product's got to meet some kind of certain standards for you to kind of like uphold those values, right? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of standards do you use when you're developing your products? Um, well, let's see. I, since when I was growing up and I was doing makeup, um, there was not a variety of different things um, as far as, like, makeup went. Like, there was, at the time, there was, like, you know, nobody really sold, like, a bunch of crazy colors and like, you know, for eyeshadow, things like that. Nobody really sold multi-use products. Like, they, they were around. I'm not going to say they, like, they weren't around. But for me living in Corpus Christi, because I didn't live in, like, California or New York, it wasn't, like, easily available to me. So there were a bunch of things that I thought, oh, well, like, you can make, you know, someone should make this and someone should make that. And, but my thing was because I do like science. I love chemistry especially. Um, I wanted to not only take those ideas, but, like, perfect them. And and on top of that, I wanted them to be ethical. I wanted them to be clean, natural, skin-friendly. Like, I, I wanted the, the product to be 100% good quality. I wanted it to be animal-friendly. Um, thank God, like, our industry got with the program because <laughs> for a long time it was um, animal testing was, like, a big thing. But now it's yeah. kind of, like, thank God, it's, you know, slowly, like, going the other direction. But um, the standards, I, I set them pretty high as far as, like, the products we would make and how we would brand ourselves and, and network. They were really high. So we would be, we could, you know, be creating something and it would be, like, perfect to someone else, but it wasn't perfect or good enough for me um, or for, like, our team. And um, especially because, like, if one ingredient is off, the whole thing is, like, ruined. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, um, you know, it's just, like, a, like a kind of like a, I say, trial and error thing. It's just... But, yeah, that's so we've, we've had, like, it's so high that, we, you know, we've had multiple things that are really awesome that we'd come out with or would want to come out with, but we didn't because they weren't up to par. Yeah, I mean, like, normal people, when they go out there and they start a business, they're usually focusing on one thing. That's usually the dollar right. amount that they could earn. But then you're over here and you're considering multiple factors, such as, like, is this going to be safe? Yep. Is it animal tested? Is it this? Is it that? Yeah. You put all these like 
ethics and values into what you're doing. And I think that's one of the things that really helped contribute to a lot of your beginning success when you first started out your product line, putting that meticulous detail on everything and making sure that you had the best of the best. And if it didn't fit your standards, then you didn't move forward. Right. With it. And I think that those are some of the key things that really separate like your makeup line and helped it grow a lot at the very beginning because most people are like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to make a makeup line. Let me just stick my name on here and Definitely. see how it goes. Yeah, that's a big time. That's a big mindset, I would say, in your industry. Yeah, and uh, we see it happening all the makeup. time. And usually when someone starts a business, they usually encounter problems down the line. But we'll get into that after our commercial break. Um, where can people find you online, Megan? Um, they can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, um, but mainly you, you would want to find me, um, we can, you can go to chaosmakeup.com, uh, chaoscosmetics.com, or you can find us on IG, uh, you know, IG slash chaosmakeup. Perfect. And you can find me at Mr. Lenny Kim on Twitter, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. If you tuned into the first segment of this um episode, you really got to understand how Megan Martinez got into the journey of going out there and being homeless, living in her car, to being free and living with a makeup line. It's basically now supplying all of her revenue. And to go from that kind of change, it's pretty drastic. And it takes a lot of ethics, a lot of morals, a lot of determination and grit to really get there. And we talked about the journey of how she had to work multiple jobs, go out there and, you know, take on multiple um, roles in her life save money, get her own apartment, move into makeup, do that freelancing work, get bigger clients, 
who even happened to become or who happened to be celebrities to making her own line that took off with the life of its own. And <clears throat> Megan, so can you talk to us a little bit about that journey of the makeup? Like um, when you first launched it, did yes. people want it immediately? Did you have to tell people about it? Like how did that end up working? When I first started? Mm-hmm. The makeup uh, uh, for your, the product. Oh, okay. When I first started, well, I started that with, the first thing I did, um, I dabbled with it um, first with other brands what I was doing, because I was so young and I, I, I was naive, I didn't really think about what I was doing before doing it, but basically I was giving people, like I was giving other brands my ideas as far as like, oh, you should do this and you should make this, but they were like more or less like my ideas as far as like different colored highlighters and um, just different, you know, product ideas. We would create them together and then that brand would just either sell it as, you know, their brand and at one point, somebody did it with, like, my, like, it was the first time I actually sold something under my name, but it was, mm-hmm. like, a, a featured brand with that brand. Um, that's how I first started dabbling with it, and then that morphed into, um, I was, my, I had a bunch of students, I would do workshops for makeup, and I had a bunch of students that were like, you know, we really, like, we would love it if you sold these products, but basically at the workshops for us, and I was like, you know, that's not a bad idea, and I had a bunch of requests per class so what it end, I ended up pretty much just doing that exactly I was like okay well these are the products that I'm, I'm basically known for and I was super known for like highlighting contouring that type of thing back then that's a lot of my work it would have a lot of that in it um, so they wanted products kind of based on that concept so I created highlighter products things like that and I would sell them at my workshops um, and they would get sold like first day um, it was really awesome but so it wasn't really supposed to be anything huge or anything like that. It just started like that. And then one thing led to, the, to, you know, to another. And just before you know it, people, it was just like, it was super, it ended up being super successful, but I was not prepared for that because had I known that it would have been successful, I think I would have gone a different route, maybe through a lab, not like handmade stuff. Um, mm-hmm. That was probably not such a good idea. I would definitely recommend somebody going through a lab versus handmaking something. But, um, because you have to teach yourself everything. It's just so much work, um, especially if you're not going to school for it. But um, I, it pretty much just started small like that. It started, you know, kind of like a little side thing with little indie brands, and then it went into like a little workshop thing, and then that turned into a full-blown brand. So we opened, you know, we, we bought a website, and we started doing it through like Big Cartel, and like, and man, it's, it, it just led us here pretty much. Nice. That's a pretty exciting journey. And along the journey, what you probably pick up is you probably get some diehard fans who really rave about your product, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We have some really awesome ones. Mm-hmm. So what kind of like movement did that make? Did that like create chatter on social media? Did that get people buying your product off the shelves? Or what kind of happened from that? Yeah, it, it well, social media has definitely been, it's been so helpful. I mean, God, I'm so, like, thankful for it. I probably wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for social media. Um, that helped a ton. It, it became what is called, what do they call it? They call them, there's a word for it in my industry. Oh, what is it called? What is it called? I'm trying to think of a word. I can't think of it now that I'm trying to think of it. <laughs> but it's, um, basically, it's just, like, you know, like a, a, fav- like a highly favorable, like, indie brand. They're called, oh, there you go. They're called Colt brands or something like that, cult brands, something like that. Well, anyways, it's pretty much just like where you have like a huge 
following and a huge, like how you said, like diehard fans, things like that. And it's like pretty much a lot of people are known for that now, but I was definitely, I would say Chaos Makeup was one of the first to be doing something like that. Um, and it's, it was just merely based off, like, it was never, like, where, like, it was sold out of a store or anything, so it was just purely social media, purely online, purely, so the fan base was huge, just purely there, as far as I knew, um, but what's really cool is that a bunch of people that were even bigger than, like, me or, like, you know, the brand or itself or anything, people were buying it, like, left and right, huge people, so that also helped big time, um, and, of course, that made it also easier for, like, to grow our following, you know, kind of have that credential behind us. Um, and that also boosted us like 10 times more. So that was really cool too. But, um, yeah, we, shoot, I would, I don't think we'd be anywhere without people, our, the customers, like people that rave about our brand, the people that are like obsessed with it. Like that's just, that's so cool. I think it's really cool. People even like care. <laughs> like honestly. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. I spoke at cult brands, um, the conference early in February this year. So that was pretty exciting. They brought a yeah. lot of cult brands over and celebrated them. And to create that type yeah. of following, I mean, that's pretty significant. Um, but then with, yeah. with, the, with the good usually comes the bad, too. You probably had a few people, like, maybe Definitely. talk poorly about your brand and things like that. Um, were there any groups that yeah. stuck out in particular? Yes. Um well, you know, with like how you said, with social media especially, um, there's good and then there's bad. Um, so we've experienced also in our industry, there's, you know what, I think it's a little different than most industries. I'm not sure how it is in, like, your industry or someone else's industry, but in my industry, the beauty industry, it's there's a bunch of gossip. They're called gossip channels, and they're just beauty gossip channels. And pretty much you can kind of, like, just go tell them, Anything you want, you can make up a story if you wanted to about somebody. You could, like, literally, and they'll, like, post about it. They'll make, like, a thing about it, and they have huge following. So people will follow what they say very easily without proof, without this or that, or they can twist it. It doesn't really matter. People will follow their lead. So that is one thing that we're trying to adjust to because that's something that has been, like you say, you know, if you get someone that's, like, we've had, for example, like, we've experienced people that have tried to con us. And it's, you know, we, if we deny that, they're usually the ones that want to, like, go hurt you <laughs> or hurt your brand, yeah. you know, afterwards. So they'll go and twist a story, and then they'll pitch it to a, a gossip channel in my industry, and then that gossip channel will pick it up, and then they'll spread it everywhere, and then it's, like, you know, back publicity, basically. And it's, like, kind of hard to sometimes, I guess, defend yourself against it if it's a, if it's a huge following doing it, like a, you know, bigger person. Um and that's something that, so, like, that's been a huge challenge, you know, lately. But at the same time, it's, like, you know the truth. You know, like, who you are. You know, like, your truth. So sometimes, like, it doesn't bother me. And then other times it does. I guess when it affects your brand and it affects, like, the numbers. I'm, like, big on the numbers. I'm big on, like, well, I mean, I guess I have to be because that's how I've always grown, you know, as a person on social media. I've just, I've always cared about those things, which you have to. I guess when, when you really get into it, you, you know what I mean by numbers. So when I started seeing, like, I, we've experienced that before, and I've seen numbers drop and had, like, orders, like, were canceled, things like that, because, you know, a beauty gossip channel was, like, saying this or that, and it wasn't true. But it was scaring people enough to want to pull their funds from the brand. And that's something that's been extremely hard to deal with. But as everything else, it you know, it passes, it comes, it goes. It's, but it's definitely, like, big-time challenge. I'm not really used to having to 
I guess, constantly defend myself, be like on guard or be like where I don't, I'm very caring. Like I, I like to care. I like to care about everything. Like for the most part, not like necessarily like people's opinions, but like, I believe it's okay to care. Like generally, like I think it's okay to care about like people and have empathy and like, you know, just, just in general. Cause it, I mean, it, it comes in handy for like the animal rescue thing that I do. It comes in handy for like my humanitarian stuff. I do the activist stuff that I aspire to do, like all sorts of things. So I can't just like turn it off either. So of course there's days that I'm like, ah, you know, like it, it hurts my feelings, <laughs> but other days, like it's, it's a little easier to overcome, but that is, yeah, it's definitely been in particular. Oh my God. That is, those channels have been really difficult to deal with for sure. So, like, what kind of rumors would they spread? Um, let's see, like, our recent experience with that, they were saying that we were scamming people and people believe them because we, well, we hand make everything. And I don't think people, they're not, I mean, they're getting used to it because it's like there's this, like, boom of indie brands and that's really awesome, which it, it's helpful for people to, like, readjust as far as, like, their expectations. But people, you know, they try to compare like a brand that gets their stuff manufactured by lab. And so their shipping time is like way faster and, you know, compare it to like something that's handmade and it takes some time because even, even if it's not like, say we have everything in stock, um, there's still a wait time because we've been very blessed to have, um, we have a large volume of, of orders. Um, it, it pretty much is at the point where we need to mass produce, which we already started doing, but that takes some time. Um, so this, you know, this particular time they didn't like our wait time and that wait time is there so that, and it's, and it's pretty much, it's all over the website. It's like on our social media is like everything it's, it's out there. That information's hundred percent out there, but, um, some people just still don't, I don't know why they, they just don't read it. So they just think like if someone says, Oh, you know, like these people are scamming you, like they just will take it and just run with it. So we've had to experience that and that was not cool. Cause that was like the recent time that it actually like hurt us big time. Um, and you know, that's not true. Um, it's just that our wait time is like a little longer than most people's, but it's because we're, we're like not only making things, we're trying to, um, create new things. And, and this is all stuff that we're self-taught. So like, we didn't go to school for this. Like we don't, you know, we're having to like teach yourself like the science behind it, the chemistry behind it, like all of this stuff. And it takes, it just takes so much time to learn it, to, you know, to trial and error it, to like, to make sure that it's, like on point, is it not on point? Like, and then on top of all that, you know, you're creating all these products by hand and then shipping. And this is like with a small team. So that's one thing that these people pretty much try to make that wait time out to be like, if it was a, a scam and that hurt us tremendously because they believe in them. And that really sucked. Even though like, huh. when you go to like our, I mean, it's really clear that like, like we post our customer stuff all the time. Like and you can go to our hashtags, you see customers stuff there and it's like it's all over like you can google like our brand and like you'll see like our credentials like it's all there but people just some people just don't like to look yeah like, research I can definitely for see that. and a lot of people are swayed by people who just say something negatively and then they <clears throat> end up you know kind of believing it so with right. that situation like how was that kind of like resolved or did you just watch it happen and just suffer or like what really happened well in this situation, in the very beginning, I'm, I'm big on, how do I, I'm very big on, like, you know, staying true to yourself, um, being authentic, and with that, I felt that if somebody's, like, 
one thing in our industry, and this is just something I think business owners have to deal with, or professionals really, is this kind of like if you defend yourself or if you say anything, if there's any response at all, and if it's not like like the people's favorite response, then I feel like it's always taken at and twisted into like, oh, you're unprofessional or that's unprofessional. Um, now, most people are scared to say anything ever because they don't want to be viewed that way. Um, so I kind of like, I mean, I'm not perfect, but I trial and error it as it goes. So like this, sometimes I'll stay quiet. Sometimes I'll just let it blow over. But this, you know, recent time, it actually hurt us so bad um, that I actually defended ourselves I defended our brand because I, I just didn't think it was very fair that people would lie and it would be okay. Like uh, basically I'd have to sit back and I don't know. I just felt like by not saying something, I would look guilty. So I would pretty much, I defended myself and our brand and that was not really a good idea because what they did is they pretty much made a video on my response, but just little pieces of it. So mm-hmm. they kind of twisted it and made it sound very negative um, and just kind of showed the parts where I was like pretty much when I was getting called like names, but then my response back was not necessarily like super positive, you know, like they pretty much would kind of twist that into like, Oh, this is how like this person's responding. And it's just like the whole, it made it sound like the whole conversation was just a negative conversation. Um, mm. and so I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I'm kind of learning, but I'm not really sure how we're supposed to go about those things. I just kind of like I did it that way. I've, I've tried not saying something, but the thing about it is like, I've seen brands, big brands, um, small brands, any brands I've seen where like they've gone through these things and they don't say anything. And I guess it's because it's the easiest thing to do is just not say something, you know, just be quiet. Just don't say, you know, just whatever, just don't care. But I feel like that just kind of led people to assume the worst and it kind of just allows people to think what they want to think. And then that gets twisted and that gets twisted and that gets twisted. So I pretty much felt, well, you know, they should be saying something. So I kind of just thought, well, you should say something. And then if, you know, someone's doing this and it's not right, say something. Well, I did, but so I'm not, you know, I'm kind of learning, like, do you stay quiet? Do you have a middle? Do you defend yourself? Like, I'm really big on activism. Like, I, I believe that if something needs to be said, it should be said, but mm-hmm. it clashes with you know, having a business and being a professional. So I'm just kind of like trying to find that middle of where you're not really, you know, well, people aren't going to, I guess, see it as something negative, but see it as just like, oh, well, let me just take this piece of information and like, you know what I mean? Like there's, it's always just a negative thing if you respond. Yeah, I can definitely see the concern there, especially if when you're responding, they're taking it out of context and they're holding you down even further with it. Um, like these people, mm-hmm. do they have like big audiences? Yeah, this recent time, yes. The the recent time, this is like the only time I've I've also been lied to about being a scam. Um, that man, I really like it hurt my my feelings. I'm not gonna lie, that really hurt me because we just worked so hard, and I've I've worked so hard to get where I'm at. Like I've you know described earlier, like I like came from nothing, and like now I'm here. It's like for just someone to come and just say something that's not true, and then it all be taken away. So I, I honestly, I felt like there was just like no other response, but a defensive response. And I don't mean fully defensive, but like defensive, like you're defending, you know, your brand, what you believe in, what you like love. And my brand is, you know, eventually I hope that it would fund what I love, which what I'm passionate about, which is like science and, you know, rescuing and like, you know, helping people, things like that. And so if you go take that from me, it's like, I worked so hard for nothing. I feel like, 
So I don't know. I'm I'm trying to that per, that particular time. Yes, they have. God, they had I think or still have about half a million following on YouTube, and that's where they put posted this like video where they created this video and it made it look like it, basically how you said it was like out of context, um, where they you know just put selective responses about us. Um, that I was like, you know, this, it was on a private message too that I was like defending myself on, but um, they had such a big following that it actually, yeah, it severely hurt us. And the fact that they twisted me defending my truth, it, it just that made it worse. Honestly, it did, um, and it just, it. I mean, we still haven't really fully recovered from that point. So that, yeah, that's because they have such a huge following. Yeah, when someone big comes in to tax you, it's kind of hard, especially because of the backlash and what people can really like, construe right. from the things that people are saying. Um, we'll get into what what we could possibly do in regards to this, but we wanted to thank you for sharing this story. And we'll come back after this commercial break with like um, what kind of solutions there are for when someone just comes in and attacks you like that. Um, you can always right. find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Tune in to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso for an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, literature, and current events. If you're looking for what's next and comparing it to what's now or what's past, look no further than The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, welcome back to the last segment of Grow Your Influence Tree from uh, <coughs> Beauty Grows Chaos. And as you've seen, there's some miraculous thing that happened here. Someone's able to go from living in a car, being homeless, to going out there, becoming a makeup artist. She's able to go and work on celebrities, to creating a brand on their own. And that alone is pretty significant. But creating a cult following, that's even a lot harder to do. But with a cult following, with all the success, also comes like haters and trolls. And sometimes, you know, you don't really feed the trolls because when you do, they just get bigger and bigger. But then also at the same time, you have to consider what's a legitimate concern that you should really look at and uh, defend yourself for and what's something that you should stay quiet and let pass you by. Now, Megan came from a family where she kind of had like um, <clears throat> a lot of sexual abuse and if she just stayed quiet then... Where would she be today? 
It's a question you really have exactly. to think about. It's a question you really have to consider. Like, would she be here today? Would she be doing all the things that she's doing now? Or would she still be stuck in an environment that she didn't want to be in? And when someone goes and attacks your business, you know, you treat that like a baby, right? That's your love of your life. That's everything that you've worked so hard to achieve. And then when someone goes and attacks that, guess what? your motherly or fatherly instinct kicks in and you want to go and defend it. But what's the right time and what's the wrong time to do it? Now, for this situation here, it seems that this person had a pretty significant following, 500,000 people on YouTube. So when they went out there with their smear campaign by saying that products weren't being launched and that money was being stolen, it really had a nerve, right? Big time. And when it hits a nerve, you just want to talk back. And then, like, what ends up happening is she goes and <clears throat> Megan goes out there and says something, but this guy is just chopping up the clips to make it say something different or make, <clears throat> make Megan not look like how she wants to be portrayed because, you know, when you have the editing skills and you have an audience and you're all about drama, what you want to do is you want to stir up more drama. So is it right to go and approach that person and attack them directly? That may not have been the right route, especially since they were able to go out there and make a new campaign, right? Right. But you have a pretty decent social media following, like hundreds of thousands of people on like different platforms, right? Mm-hmm. And then through our conversation... Yeah, through our conversation, we discovered some of the key things that you stand for, right? Like animal rights... Uh, you stand for mm-hmm. like science, you stand for not holding anyone down, protecting others, fighting for your own ground. Right. right? Now, exactly. on, on these channels that you're currently promoting, what's the message that's coming out from there? What was that? I'm sorry, you broke up. Oh, on, on your current social media platforms, on the messages that you're communicating mm-hmm. to your audiences, what message is currently being communicated there? Like currently? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Um, like, it's all about like our, yeah, well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do something a little different in, in our industry. I feel like the industry, normally it's just about makeup, but I'm trying to tie in this huge, like multi-billion dollar industry. I'm trying to tie that into caring about other topics. Like I'm trying really hard, in, you know, to, to kind of mix the whole, like, with makeup, like, let's also, you can, you know, I'm kind of just hoping that an organization can come through and kind of connect itself with it, um, different things, um, <clears throat> whether, like you said, like, whether it's animals or, or helping people or, like, the earth or, you know, like, the planet or whatever, you know, just different, just different things. Um, <clears throat> the message that we're trying to put out there is just, <clears throat> I mean, for one, I don't, I don't think, I think there's enough room for everybody to grow, so I don't think there's really that we really should have to be negative toward each other, period, ever. I think there's so much to gain for everybody. There's way more than enough. Um, I just, like, I wish the, the thing that I really want to, like, put out there is just that, you know, we should be, like, women especially should be empowering other women and men, too, and, and it should be all together. We should just be, like, growing each other and supporting each other. And even if you don't want to support somebody, you shouldn't, like, want to hurt them. Just They should just be, like, it's it's beauty. It should be all, like, beauty. <laughs> like, it should be positive and, and, you know, uplifting and something that makes you feel good, um, not the opposite. So 
I kind of want to send that message, you know, if possible, but I'm not really sure. <laughs> is, that, yeah. is that, you know, what you mean? Okay. Yeah. So the good thing is you're kind of thinking in the right direction of what you want to inspire towards and what you want to really portray. And um, yes. what you have right now is if you go onto your website, Chaos Makeup, you just have palettes, right? Mm -hmm. You just have different things that you yes. can purchase, right? But what if you mm -hmm. can tie all these elements in together? So then you don't have to go out there and defend yourself by saying, oh, yeah, we go out there and keep all your money. But then maybe if you had right. some content that you were putting up onto your website, that one showcased you, your values, your background, how you got to where you are. If that was on your website, yeah. then people would be able to get to like know a you as and a story. person. Then when they go right. and hate on the brand, they're not hating on the brand. They're seeing that person attached and go, is that person really holding these same values that this person's preaching about? It makes them like kind of second right. guess. Because when you just look at a product on a site, all you see is that product uh -huh. on the site, right? And it's kind of like hard right. to make that emotional connection to it. But also at the same time, if you're going out there and you're creating more content around like how you're against animal testing, how um, <clears throat> some of the right. rescue missions that you're working on and all these different things and all these um, different things that you wanted to portray in your social media that you really discussed, if that was carrying all onto your website too. And now let's say someone were to make a claim saying, oh, this person's stealing from people. Then you go see right. a rescue picture with like five dogs. Like how much credibility does that person have anymore? I agree. That's, that's, I mean, that's a great, I mean, I, I probably, you're right. I should, and you know, we did have that tied into the, the first website we ever did. It was like that. It had like our mission, had our story. It even had uh, like different pictures of animals that we were helping. Um, I just, the only thing that sucked at the time truly was that it wasn't, it sounds terrible, but it wasn't like social media. Not, not that I care because I mean, it's like you're saying, like you're going to, that's the only way, you know, to, to get something across is to keep like pushing, you know, forward. But, and that's something I need to, I definitely want to, I want to put that back on the website for sure. You're right. But, um, it wasn't very like favored, sadly. It's, it's sadly not like, for example, like when I started, when I first started trying to morph those things into social media and into like the brand and just into like, just anything, you know, having to do with me period, uh, we started losing followers like crazy because I guess they just weren't interested in what I was interested in. And that's fine because, you know, you lose and then you gain people that you can relate to. Um, but I guess when you're small, sometimes it feels like it took forever to get to, you know, the point that you're at. So just to like lose it, like <laughs> so fast, it feels so overwhelming sometimes. So I ended up pulling back a little bit on showcasing what I believe in. Yeah. Because it wasn't something that was getting, I don't know, it just wasn't getting a whole lot of love. Um, and it wasn't, like, even on, like, my personal Facebook, I was losing people left and right. It's just crazy. But but then you have to also I, think about the people that you're losing. Right. Are, the, are they also the people who are buying your product? Are they the people who are wearing your product? Or are they just going, oh, this is a cute page I want to follow. I like how everything looks. Right. And sometimes they are, like, our customers, and sometimes they're not. When it's when it's not our customers, it I mean it really doesn't it doesn't really affect us, so it doesn't really bother me. Um, but sometimes they are, and that's I think it's I've struggled with that balance um, yeah. with like trying not to lose customers that aren't interested in this these things, and like 
but trying to gain people that, that aren't truly, you know, into what I'm into because then, you know, they'll truly support these, like, what I believe in. Um, but it's just, I mean, it definitely like, has been. If you, if you like, travel to, like, Los Angeles or if you travel to New York City, what you end up mm-hmm. with is this huge pot of cities where they're full of, like, vegans, you know, and vegans or animal lovers or activists right. or things like this. And then, like, you're just sitting here, and are these people even introduced to your project yet? If they fell into your page and saw something like that, would they be more attracted to what you have going on? Are they in fashion right. hubs in the world? Like, you have to consider, like, everything. I mean, sure, you're polarizing and you're pushing away an audience, but you're also attracting another one that would really respect what right. you're going on. So if someone goes, oh, yeah. I can't believe that makeup page, Chaos Makeup, went up there and posted a picture of um, around, like, five puppies. Like, who does that? Right. And then they're saying it, and then uh, animal activist is overhearing that. Guess what? They're like, oh, wait, you know, that's something I'm really interested in, and that's something I really value. Definitely. So what you're doing is right. you started out with a cult movement, as you said, Right. But then you start right. to commercialize, mm-hmm. right? Right. And then when you start it's, to commercialize, uh-huh. then it can, your narrative was kind of gone. And what ended up happening is yeah. other people could control that narrative for you. Yep, that's exactly. Yep. But then when that's, you had your own narrative, yeah. you had the cult movement. You had the people following. You had the people who were hardcore and dying and jumping up in the lines to get your product, Right. Right. So what's really more important, like losing a few customers here and there or really refining that cult movement that you once had because so many brands, so many people are working out there trying to figure out what's the key to unlock this cult brand? How do I get a following like this? How do I get people who are diehard who stay on my product for life? And it seems like what you were doing before was kind of like moving into that direction, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing now is kind of not... It's like mixed, but yes, I, like I kind of only, basically like I only show those things now on my personal social media sites, like my Twitter or my Facebook that's personal or my IG that's personal. Um, and even on like, what's crazy though, is that it wasn't, it wasn't a few, I, it was like by the thousands. That's what scared yeah. me, I think away from, <laughs> but, but you're right. Like you're right. You mean how are you going to, how are you going to bring in people that can relate with you on these topics if, if you don't bring them in period, like at all, like if you're not showcasing it and they don't know about it, they don't, you know, it's like, you're, you're absolutely right that people will fill in a narrative, you know, where, when you're not filling it in yourself. Yeah. I think I I would. Yeah. It is scary to lose people by the thousands. And I mean, some people are going to follow you just for the makeup, but then, Mm-hmm. Some people are going to follow you for the values too. And it's like, which one's going to stick with you longer? The person who's unfollowing right. you when you post something about yourself? Is that the same person who's going to swatch, switch from like Lemur to like Shiseido to like another brand and end up using like one brand every single month and not really ever come back to your brand too? Or is it that loyal customer who's just going to be picking up your same product month after month after month? Right. I agree. I fully agree. I, I think that, I think the the problem was that we, yeah, I mean, exactly that, that we probably, I think I, I got scared away from it showing, not fully, but showing as far as like, you know, on the brand and things like that. I got scared away from 
these topics, like, you know, talking about them and sharing about them because of, you know, losing by the thousands. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't think, I, I think I, it just scared me. And that's just, it was just that, you know, was it, it just scared me. <laughs> like it just, it scared me. And I wasn't thinking like, Oh, okay. Well, well you know, you, you're losing, but you're going to gain the right people. Well, sometimes and we it, get you know, scared. Led me here. Right. Sometimes we get scared and that's normal. And then sometimes that scaredness leads us down a certain path. And in that path, we kind of have that wake up call where someone else is controlling our narrative. Someone else is tossing out stories that we have to go and defend ourselves yep. for. And we're like, why are we even defending ourselves? Like we, we already covered all this. Yep. And then like right. when it's all gone, like they're kind of winning. They're kind of leading those charges and everything. So what you really have to do is you really have to take back that position of power and, you know, Go back to doing what you were doing because that's how you have influence. Right. That's how you impact people. That's how you drive change. And that's how you really that's grow right. your influence overall. That's so right. You're very right. I agree. I totally agree. That's so helpful too. That yeah. really is because I didn't think of it that way before. I think I was just, I after that point I got guarded and I was like, okay, well, you know, because, I mean, the biggest response that I was getting was, we, you know, we follow you because of makeup. We don't want to see all this other stuff. And it's like, yeah, well. Yeah, you see Jeffree Star the me. next day. And he's on TV and he's got like 5, 10 million views. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, this guy's so interesting. And they're all buying his makeup right. now. So is it really the person who sways people away or is it what attracts them towards something? So, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Definitely. People say what I they say. I don't think there's. I don't they think it do really exists yet, necessarily, like, what what we're trying to do. I think it'd be a lot easier to just insert ourselves if it existed, if, like, if the category in the beauty industry, like, existed, where it was tied to these, um, like, what I believe in, things like that. But, I mean, how do you create, I guess, a category, quote-unquote, um, without starting, like, someone starting somewhere, you know? Because it's, I mean, yeah, they want it all about, like, the makeup and the superficial stuff and the drama and things like that. And it's like, I guess because we don't showcase that and we don't want to, it's like less interesting to them. And then you throw, you know, like helping animals and then helping people. And like, they just, I feel like it just, but it just, you know, like you said, it all comes down to the following and like who is interested in what you're interested in and like growing that type of following, not the opposite. And that's what I've been doing. I I really mean, I have, I pretty much, you know, got scared from that and just went straight to, okay, well, we just don't showcase this anymore. And like, we just, you know, it's the safest thing to do. You know, that's what I thought. Yeah. It was the safest thing to do, which is to not talk about it, but it's not necessarily always the right thing to do to stay safe. But one thing that you should think about, like after this show's over, I'm going to leave you with one question. Let's say me and you uh-huh. were sitting at a table. I was one of your customers and then you started talking about how you love rescuing animals. And I was like, oh, uh-huh. you like rescuing animals. And I, I talked to you like that. Would you want to talk to me anymore? Would you want to be associated with me anymore? Would you want anything to do with me? Chances are, the I would, answer is probably right. not, right? <laughs> right. Or that or I would try to, well, hey, check it out. You know, maybe maybe this or that will spark your interest. But if some people, yeah, you definitely don't win. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Cases, so those are the type of people you don't want in your life. You could always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim. We're about to close out the show. You could go to chaosmakeup.com if you want to check out the products as well. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree.
Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.